Welcome to the Linsanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Linsanity Podcast, part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, we always like to you know give some promotions to the network and what uh, the network is cooking up. And my goodness, Alex Burris back on the train for the NBA Power Hour. Uh, J.D. Hall came on this week uh, to discuss what's going around the league. Uh, they're deep diving. They're doing what they do best. Talk NBA basketball. Uh, J.D.'s owning Alex Burr every week. So check that out. Uh, it's it's a it's a privilege uh, to, to have those guys on our network continuing to blast out pods. Uh, Zach Griffith. Uh, in the Circle City Cinema is, is is creating stuff in the lab. He's not he's not letting you go with nothing. Uh, you may not be seeing a whole lot in the feed, but that doesn't mean he's not thinking. That doesn't mean he's not looking at trying to set stuff up for the future. Uh, so please do not be afraid to check out the Circle City Cinema podcast. And you know, for the people out there like myself who just recently got done watching The Mandalorian, who just recently got done watching The Boba Fett, you know, they did a series of pods over those shows that could still happen, you know, for, for the people that haven't gotten a chance to, to, to see that. So it's not like their content is just not, you know, timely or whatever. It's, you know, there, there's plenty of things that you can look for. The Circle City Cinema is one of the things that I appreciate about having that network on the pod uh, or that pod on the network. And, you know, hey, there's a lot of good things for you. Uh, so please check that out. And then obviously uh, when it comes to the insanity, uh, please don't be afraid to uh, give, this great co-host, a five-star. I mean, just, just, just give this co-host a great five-star, Bryce Shetty. Uh, give me a five-star. Uh, you don't know what that does for us. It, it really helps our, our product. It helps our network grow. It helps our network understand what we need to do. The more ratings we get, the more people can have access to our pods and know more about the network to help that grow in the future. So please check that out. And you know, I'm very excited, Bryce, now to get into what was an insane first weekend in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's what you and I love about doing this every year. It's, you know, we, we kind of get into the rush of college basketball just because there's just, <laughs> we're just, we're dealing with a lot. We got the, NFL, yeah, we got the NFL season as long as, as, as we like to go into that. And then we want, you know, we feel like there's a need for college basketball. So we try to jump in and do it. And this tournament never fails. This, this tournament never fails in terms of bringing this quality content. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, we got plenty of upsets. We got plenty of, of yep, that's expected. Um, lots of, a, a couple good games. Uh, I tell you what, there were, there was one that sticks out in my mind. That was probably the highest quality basketball game I've seen hmm. um, in the tournament. And it happened on the second weekend, but uh, good players. This is, this is where you find out a lot about your teams, your coaches, uh, your, your, your talents, right? Some guys that you're going to see picked way earlier than they probably should be in the NBA uh, upcoming NBA draft. Uh, some people will hurt their stock in this tournament. So uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it brings a wealth of information uh, during this time. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have the guys that, you know, shoot up the draft boards because of their NCAA tournament play, uh, which will help. We'll help Alex understand. OK, this was just a nice little two game stretch. OK, don't don't dive into it too much for when you do your, you know, deep needs and, and right, drafts and things right. of that nature. Just stay cool. Stay cool. <laughs> so so we will. We will talk about players that stick out to us and, and all this other jazz. But what we really want to do is just kind of recap what we saw from the rest, from what we saw from the West region 
and what we should see in the second weekend. We'll do this for each region. Uh, but Bryce, when I look at the way the West region played out, okay, Gonzaga obviously moving on to the Sweet 16, Arkansas taking care of business to get to the Sweet 16, Texas Tech and Duke are the other two representatives. Those are the four that went to the Sweet 16. Uh, is there anything, you know, what came to mind as you were following these games in the West region? It could be, you know, what, you know, impressed with an upset, impressed with the way this team was able to get into a run. What kind of sticks out to you when you evaluate the West region heading into the second weekend? Well, I think I think starting at the top of the bracket, right, um, Memphis took care of Boise State, and they, and they look good doing it, and, and it's set up with a matchup with Gonzaga. And Memphis had Gonzaga on the ropes for most of the game, and, mm. and I, feel like, I feel like Gonzaga, they needed this game to prove to themselves that, that they are an elite team um, and, and to come back in that way and, and to see Drew Timmy absolutely dominate like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you tell me, Caleb, there was nothing that was going to stop Drew Timmy in the second half. No, he was unreal. Wow. He was unreal. That second half, maybe the penny coaching plan, maybe the penny coaching plan, because he he did put, well, it didn't work because Jalen Duran, Jalen Duran, you know, I think when he was available and when he could play, was very good. The foul trouble just bought him. It just got him. Yeah, but I don't feel like Penny managed that game very well. He like Dandridge. Dandridge was in the game way too long. He he did not get a break. He was walking yeah, he up was, and down the court. Yeah, he was. He was. He, Penny had three timeouts with like I don't know seven minutes to eight minutes to go. Dude, use a timeout. You can't take them with you. Right. right. You know, like yeah. like. Get your guys some rest or get take a risk and put one of your bigs back in, you know, with four fouls. I understand it, but right. I mean, Gonzaga, they just, they just grinded it out. I mean, it, this is a, they have veterans on this team, Andrew Nemhart uh, and, and Drew Timmy, and they just, they just kind of took the game over. Right. And I then they, they played team ball to get back in the game and to take the lead and, and maintain the lead. They did an excellent job. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think Memphis, that's a good point. I mean, they did come out, they gave, I mean, they punched Gonzaga. They punched him. And for Absolutely. a really long time in that game, Gonzaga didn't have an answer. Um, it just kind of, you know, they, they kind of put together a rally and, and just kind of squeezed it out. Now, I agree with you. I think Memphis, you know, getting to that point, and Gonzaga being able to hold off, certainly a big topic in that region. Um, you know, the other thing I look at, uh, Bryce, is, you know, there's a couple teams that I just personally thought really disappointed me in this region. Um, I, I thought that, um, you know, when you're looking at a team like UConn, yes. um, I, I just thought that game was sickening. It had to be sickening for a UConn fan. Sickening that your best player didn't show up till the second half. Sickening that one guy kept hitting fadeaways, 100, 100 fadeaways in front of your eyeballs. And granted, I, I knew he wasn't going to sustain it, but that's got to suck for UConn. They're a defensive Teddy first buckets, team. Baby. They're, 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 a, they're a defensive first team, and for them – to just get eaten alive basically by one player and no other player scored double digits in that game for New Mexico state. Um, that is rough uh, for, for a team in Yukon with their March pedigree. I don't know if they would have been over Arkansas, but I just thought that was a disappointment. Um, and then outside of that, I didn't have an insane amount of thoughts about the other teams that got eliminated. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I thought Notre Dame looked pretty solid. 
against Bama. But you know, Quinterly, but 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 Quinterly being out for Bama, did that affect Bama's chances? I would believe it did. But you know, Notre Dame did come out and answered it, and they 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 did get to the round of thirty two out after the uh, the first four. I got major respect for that. Well, uh, and they played Texas Tech extremely well. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They 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 look very good. Uh, they're going to be an interesting team next year, Bryce, because I think if Blake Wesley stays. Uh, we could be talking about Notre Dame at a very high level next year. And, yeah. and you know, for all the people that sit there and, and blame Blake Wesley uh, for his lack of play or whatever, it's like, dude, you wouldn't even be here without it. I mean, how are you going to say How are you going to say that? You just sit here and attack Blake Wesley uh, for having just a bad stretch of uh, against one of the best defensive teams in the country or what he said is the best defensive team in the country. So yeah, you, you tell literally. me, you tell me. I mean, I just, I think that was a little, I think the way Notre Dame fans looked at that loss was a little ridiculous, but anyhow, um, you know, we, we do have the top four. This is the only region that has the top four mm-hmm. still remaining. And uh, I say that, that makes, yeah, I didn't even and, notice that. And in Bryce, does that, when you look at these four teams, does it shock you when you think not necessarily putting the seeds together, but when you think about, okay, what Gonzaga brought to the table, what Arkansas brings to the table, what Texas Tech brings to the table, and what Duke brings to the table. Does it shock you that these are the four? Um, I am a little shocked about Arkansas. Um, I really thought Vermont was going to win that game, and they almost did. They almost did. And then I think Arkansas got the, got the nice draw with New Mexico State, and here we are. Um, no disrespect to Arkansas. Okay, J.D. Note is a heck of a player. Um, that's their guy uh, through and through. Muss, uh, Coach Muss has done a good job there. So I'm a, that's my only shock. Um, I tell you what, that Duke sure. team, we talked about this earlier today. Yes. But yes. first off, Duke-Michigan State was the best game of the tournament that I watched from, from the standpoint of this. Wow. Not high drama, huh. but I'm talking about just the way basketball should be played. Hmm. Hmm. I don't I don't feel like the game like yeah, the shots fair. that were taken or it just turned into a three point contest. It was these are two of the greatest coaches of our of our lifetime of this generation. Yes. Yes. Coach Izzo and, yes. and Coach K. Yes. Um, and we saw it on full display. Right. Like that is say what you will. You know, not a lot of people are going to remember this game, but this game right here was just a coaching clinic. And the players, and this was just high execution from players across the board. So I'm not shocked that Duke is is here because I think they are playing for Coach K because this is his last tournament. So and, and they have one of the best players in the country. Paolo Benchero is is outstanding. Absolutely. And he showed why. And and he showed why in this game. Unbelievable. He Here's the difference. Unbelievable. Here's the difference in this game. When yes. you have the best player on the floor, I can say that about so many games. Right. We'll sure. talk about Purdue in here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Ivey against Texas. That is the reason Purdue is is playing this weekend. I agree with that. I agree. If, with if you have the best player on the floor and it's close, most of the time they're going to close for you. That is I not agree. always the case. I agree. But in in most in most cases and in, in most opportunities, that is the case. Go look at Arizona versus TCU. Yeah. The yeah. the only thing the only way that failed. Um, you could say Auburn and Miami, but I'm not going to say that because it wasn't close. Miami was just I agree. beating their tail. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So a close game, 100 percent agree. 100 yeah, percent agree. Absolutely. So no, I, I Texas Tech again, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, shockingly, not taking too much of a step back after losing Chris Beard. I thought Mark Adams has done a great job. Great job. Uh, unbelievable and, job. Uh, 
correct me if I'm wrong, Caleb, but when you look at Mark Adams, the first thing that you, that you think is not basketball coach, right? No. Not, not hard-nosed basketball no. coach, right? No. You know, maybe I, like math no. teacher or something. Yes. But uh, i yes. tell you what. He's gotten the most out of, out of those guys. He used the transfer portal extremely well, and yeah. they're just gelling and they're meshing together. I think Duke-Texas Tech could be one of the games of the weekend. 100% agree. 100% it's going to be an awesome game. It's the it's the nightcap. It's one of the later games. I don't care. I'm going to watch every minute of this game. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's I think I think that game is fantastic. Um, just just to echo your point, I mean, when you're looking at here's what impressed me. I, I want to follow up on the Arkansas thing as well. Um, I, I agree with you. A lot of people were looking at them as a potential upset. I personally was thinking in the brackets that Arkansas could get that far. But I think the way that they got there is what impressed me. I mean, Bryce, if you would have said to me, J.D. Note is going to foul out of this game against New Mexico State, and it's going to be tight, and they're not going to have him, and they got a thin bench. Mm. Are, you going to, are they going to win? Are they, do you think they would win? I think yeah. a lot of people would argue no. Probably like, say no, yeah. The fact that they were able to come out of that game without Note for a lot of it, get enough balance, get enough defense, shows me what their potential can be down the line. I think this is a team that when they have Note, he he can be a difference maker in a matchup. They're, most of the time, JD Note is the best guard. He's gonna he's gonna be the best guard in every match, and and I think that's big. And I'm, I just think. Musselman has put on a clinic with this team uh, because offensively they've not been able to do, I think, exactly what they've wanted, shooting 28% from the field and 19% from three against New Mexico State. is not an ideal offensive game plan, but they're finding a way to continue to battle and continue to win out of that. And I'm curious to see if they get the offense going and if they get that offense going a little bit, does it and can it create an upset? I believe this game will be close. I think you and I differentiate on that, but I, I, I think that Gonzaga-Arkansas game has a chance to be tight because I trust Musselman as a head coach. I mean, who, who do you have to hang with Chet and Timmy? I think, I think the one that, 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 that causes problems for me would be Holmgren, not Timmy. I mean, I think, I think, I think Jalen Williams can, can do a pretty good job. I mean, the only question for Jalen Williams is going to be if he's in two fouls, right? If he's under foul trouble, I think Arkansas might not have enough off the bench. So I, if, if, he, if he does get in foul trouble, that's a problem. But I do believe that Arkansas can push them, particularly on the perimeter. Give me, give me, give me Gonzaga by 15. Wow. Gonzaga by 15. Wow. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take, I, I, I really think this is this 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 has upset potential, but you know I'll go safe. I'll take the Zags, but I really do think this is upset. I do think this has upset potential. I really do. I really really do. I think this Not game has upset it. potential. Next up, next up, you know what the Texas Tech Duke game? I agree. It's 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 a game that people should watch. It's the nightcap. It's on Thursday. This pod's recording on a Wednesday. It's available for you to listen to before the games. Um, man, I think that's this is a great game. Duke is an underdog. It's pretty. Insane in itself. Yeah, I think a point. I think they're a point it's, underdog. It's literally, yes, they're a point underdogs. You know, again, kind of a pick them. But Duke is never the underdog. <laughs> so, I mean, anytime it's even just plus something with Duke, it's nuts. Um, Bryce, I told you this. Um, just texted you. Um, 
I actually think Duke's underrated right now. The way they came out and played in this first weekend should be giving a lot of Duke fans a lot of encouragement. A lot of encouragement. I understand that Texas Tech is a great defensive team and they're going to build pressure. Guys like Kevin O'Banner could potentially give Paolo some fits due to his experience. But I, I really believe that this Duke team could come ready to play. I think I think they're going to come ready to play. I, I just, for some reason, I like this matchup. I was more impressed with them. Yeah, yeah, I'll make this argument. I was more impressed with them in this region than any of the other teams that are remaining in, in the West. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's got a chance to stick. I think that's got a chance to stick. And I think if they beat Texas Tech, I guess I don't see why they can't be Gonzaga again. They already did it. I mean, so th- this this might not be a bad thing. The, the 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 big hum for them might be getting over Texas Tech. Interesting. A lot. I, I, it can go either way for me. It can go either way for me. I, I, I like Duke. I like Duke in this game, but um, I'm not shocked if Texas Tech wins. Like I'm not devastated. I like both these teams a lot. Do you think? Do you think that the winner of Texas Tech and Duke would beat Gonzaga? No, I'm not saying they can't, but I'm not. You I'm would not, not predict any of them. No. Okay. Fair. Fair. I, I think it'll be a good region. Uh, again, top. Well, the only region with the, all top four seeds. Uh, so, so all top four seeds did a great job putting themselves in positions. Next up uh, is the East region with North Carolina and UCLA. And Purdue and St. Peter's remaining in the Sweet 16. So let's start off with just kind of a general evaluation, Bryce, of the East. What what's the, what stood out to you when looking and watching these games in the East? Um, you know, what were some things that, that you were just kind of shocked by? Maybe you didn't see coming that ended up being positive for you. What was that? Um, well, I mean... I think this is for both of us, Caleb. Uh, St. Peter's beating Kentucky... Um, I tell you, in Kentucky land, that's a fireball offense. And this was a highly touted Kentucky team. Like, I agree. like it was like, I hey, agree. you know, this isn't the most. This isn't like their best team ever, ever. But they're pretty solid. Like these kids can play. And yes, um, they came out and they got bullied. Bully. They got bullied, man. And Bully. um, not only that, but St. Pete's, they're they're in the Sweet 16 now. They beat a tough Murray State team. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They took points. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I'm shocked about is is how well North uh, North Carolina's offensive output right now. Uh, they scored 95 in the first round and then 93. Now they needed overtime to do it, but they scored 93 Still, against Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Now they did almost choke away the lead. Um, <laughs> um, I guess we didn't see that coming. I, this is I like agree. Lightning in a bottle. This is, this I agree. Is, I agree. Their, their three point shooting is like off the charts right now. This is lightning in a bottle for me. It's going to be very tough for them to sustain. So, I, I mean, this, this is, that, those are my two surprises. Everything else, you know, happened first. I'm kind of disappointed in Indiana and how poorly they played, but I mean, that's, I, agree. I don't think we need to dwell on that point very much. Honestly, no. I think, I think one of the bigger storylines in this is, is UCLA, you know, coming out and just being solid. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think Akron, I think that was a popular pick too over UCLA. Um, UCLA just kind of put that to bed. 
you know, Mick Cronin is another solid coach and still left in this tournament that can, that coaches his guys hard and gets the most out of them. Yes. You know, Jamie, Jamie, or Jamie Hawkins uh, and Johnny Juzang, uh, Tiger Campbell made plays uh, down the stretch for, for this team. Like they have guys that can play. Jules Bernard, knockdown shooter. Like they have the, the tangibles and the tools to, to win. Um, which I think makes North Carolina and UCLA a very interesting matchup. If UNC comes out completely cold from three, uh, this is going to be a runaway for UCLA for me. I could see it, even though Hawkins may not be 100%. I, I, yeah, I could see yeah. that. That's, that's fine. That's I could fine. See it. Yeah. Um, on the opposite side, Caleb, I'll be honest, I don't even think we need to talk much about this. Purdue is going to waltz right into the Elite Eight. So you think St. Peter's is done? They think they're done. toast. This is this is you've had enough. I, I am I am fine if they if they beat Purdue if they beat Purdue <laughs> this will be I don't, oh man well, they I put this I put this four. right up here no way wouldn't be in the final four I think they'd, they'd be in the final four no no I don't buy that I don't buy that I I, I don't think it's they, crazy okay well, well hear hear me out on this before we get there okay. Do you put if St. Peter's beats Purdue? Do you put this up there, or does it supersede this? Does it supersede the UMBC Virginia game? Wow, um, it's got to be at least right there. I think it for me it does because you did it in the Sweet Sixteen. You didn't do it in the round of sixty-four. You did it when there were sixteen teams left. So yeah, I for me it supersedes it because the round that it's in. If you if you just said to me, okay, the St. Peter's twenty twenty-one to twenty twenty-two versus the Purdue twenty-one to twenty twenty-two team compared to UMBC's situation, I would say UMBC. But I'm talking about when you add the round that this is going to be in. It's very difficult for me not to take St. Peter's. It's it's extremely difficult because I honestly believe. If St. Peter's beats Purdue, they're going to the Final Four. You're just carrying that momentum with you. I just think you're carrying it. I, I think you're literally just going to carry it. It's not because at that point, Bryce, it's not about it's it's not about how great the team is compared to you. At that point, I mean, you, you some of the things I've noticed, you know, like obviously, you know, people that listen to this pod understand that I thought the Oregon State thing was a joke, and and obviously I was right because they won three games this season. I mean, clearly I was right, but you know, when it comes to, but I'm, but here's the point I'm making a team like Oregon state was so hot. It was so hot. It was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous how hot they were. And you could sit there all day and tell me UCLA is just a better team. They're just better stacked. They're better coached. They got better players. I'm taking three of their guys before I take one guy in Oregon state. You do the same thing for North Carolina. But I think this, but I believe that when it comes to St. Peter's, if they ride this momentum and they beat Purdue, I, I think they're going to fight for I just, I just think that's where it would end. I really, really do. I do think Purdue will win this game. I agree with yeah, you. Give him to me by 20. I, I, think, I think Purdue will beat St. Peter's. I'm just saying I think the winner of this game's got a good chance because I, I think North Carolina shooting, while I, I think you made a good point, I think it's lightning in a bottle. I think the efficiency numbers are just simply not going to continue. 
They're, they're not going to continue. The number the numbers are ridiculous. Them putting up 93 points is ridiculous. Shooting 45, 44% from three is ridiculous. Having two guys over 20-plus points is ridiculous. And then you move into the first round when they face Marquette, which was supposedly a good defensive team, but all of a sudden North Carolina said, you absolutely suck. They dropped 95 on you. You you look at you look at North Carolina, another two 20-plus performances – they played every single guy in the game and they shot 46%, 38% from the field. And Brady Manick decided to go off for 10 and 15 shooting. And that's a joke North, too. North, North Carolina, North Carolina. I mean, if they could continue the shooting, it's tough to rule them out. I just believe they're not going to do that. That is why I like UCLA. I think Mick Cronin will put together a plan to put them over the top of North Carolina. But I, I honestly believe, I honestly believe that, um, you know, there's a chance North Carolina inside could have their way against UCLA. But I think North Carolina is going to want to play from the perimeter, and I don't think that's going to work against the Bruins. So, so you're taking UCLA and I'm Purdue? Take, I'm taking UCLA and Purdue. I'm taking Purdue for the Final Four. I think this is Purdue's year. If Purdue doesn't win the Final Four, it's an absolute joke. They're never going to have a talent like Jaden Ivey again walk through that building. Yeah, so, so Caleb, Ever. let me stop you. Let me stop you here. Let me stop you here. Because I've asked, I've asked our good friend Zach Griffith, and he was adamant about his answer. If Purdue doesn't make the Final Four, do you get rid of Matt Painter? No, because you can't do any better. You can't hire any better. You can't. You can't. There, there's. There's no. No. I mean, I think you should be disappointed at Painter. And I think this should, this should be an indictment on the rest but of his like, career. But you can't like, you can't let him go. But what is it like? When is it that it's like? I, I get that. Can I spin like, it? Can sure. I spin it? Sure. Indiana would beg to be in this situation. Yeah, they beg it. There's there, there's there's literal there are so many teams that are bigger in brand than Purdue that would beg to have what Painter's been doing at Purdue. They would beg. I think I think the thing that's hard for people is if he doesn't get it done this year is, dude, you probably won't collect this talent again. You're so not going to get a top five. You're not going to get a top five talent again. What, what's, what's, what it, like how far do they have to go for this season not to be a failure? I think you have to go to the final four. You have to. So it's not, it's not title or bust? Not for me. Cause I mean, I don't see them. I don't see them. I don't see them beating. Yeah, no, I, I don't find it title or bust. I, I think final four is, is, is for me the, the, where they gotta be. This is, it, it'd be inexcusable for them not to do it. You've had every break possible. You have every break possible. Think about it. Baylor's the number one seed. Who do they not have? Their leading right. scorer. They don't have, um, Jonathan, uh, Chama Chachua. They don't have him. They're done. They're out. Second round. Number two seed, Kentucky. Team everybody favors in the region. Loses in the first round. Third seed comes in play, you know, which is Purdue. You come out. You take care of business. You beat Texas. UCLA, good team with experience. But one of their top two players is out, is, is dealing with sprained ankle. He's not going to be 100%. And you're facing the 15 seed. I mean, seriously, you cannot ask for a better draw. You can't ask for a better draw if you're any team that's that's in that one that that's in that one seed, two seed, three seed line. 
Yeah, they they have to make the final four. They, they have to make the final four. <clears throat> I think I, I don't know if I would say national championship or bust. I don't know if I would say that, but a final four is essential. Because uh, I firmly believe you're never going to get a talent like Jaden Ivey. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. I just I don't care that I keep saying never because it's I just believe that I believe that they will not be able to put together a team as deep as it is right now at the front court positions. Have a takeover guy like Ivy and have the role players that they do. I just don't believe they're going to have that again. They might be good. They might be. Um, a team that gets five seeds, uh, but, th- but they're not going to be as talented and they're certainly mm-hmm. not going to score the ball as well. So I think, I think Purdue needs to make the final four period period. I have them making the final four, uh, but, but they need, they have to make the final four. They, they should, they should beat the breaks off St. Peter's. They should. Absolutely. They should. That, that should be a game that I don't even have to watch. I, I agree with that. It should be a game that you sit there and you watch like 20 minutes of it. And you know, what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. North Carolina, UCLA, you have UCLA coming out of that? Yes. Okay. All right. UCLA, Purdue, you got Purdue. All right, let's do it. Next up, the Midwest region, uh, the region uh, where, you know, look, uh, we, 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 got, we got the one seed, the four seed, and then the 11 and 10 seed in the Sweet 16. Bryce, when you look at the Midwest region, what comes to your mind? Was there disappointments? Was there positives? What's what what came into it for you? Uh, well, uh, the curse of Bruce Pearl has come into effect here. Hey, Auburn, uh, with Jabari Smith looked like they were rolling. They they won their first game easily, and then just completely crapped the bed against Miami, embarrassingly so. Uh, Wisconsin, it was Wisconsin. Big Ten, Big Ten, dude. <sighs> Big Ten is just every freaking year, dude. Like every freaking year. They blowed against Iowa State. Like Johnny Davis, nowhere to be seen. Brad Davison got what was absolutely coming to him. Um, hey, big props to Iowa State. I I knew Iowa State was going to at least beat LSU. Okay, LSU is going through turmoil right now. Will right. Wade fired right. a week yeah. before. Um, you know, and, and then there there. Assistant coach was going nuts on the bench. I think he got teched like during the game, like just a complete joke. Like I don't even know what he's supposed to be. So yeah, Iowa State. Uh, But I tell you what, man, that Isaiah Brockington kid. He's very good. My goodness. Very good. My goodness. Very good. My goodness. I mean, that's obviously the shock and all right there. Right. Yeah. Um, Iowa, another big team crapping the bed against Richmond in the first round. Um, embarrassing. embarrassing. You, know, you, you live and die by the three. You live and die by three. Keegan Murray could not hit a, the broadside of a barn. What a joke. Um, hey, but you know what? But you know what, Caleb? And, and we love this. We absolutely love this, don't we? We love a good Ed Cooley team coming through. Yeah, we do. Providence. Yeah, we, do. Yeah, we, we, do. We, we love a good Providence yes, team. Yes, we do. We do so, love a good Providence team. Hey, hey, we root for Ed Cooley, uh, former IU point guard Al Durham leading that team. Happy for him in this run. Caleb. Okay. I know what you said. I okay. kind of like this Providence-Kansas game to be close. Okay. In my okay. opinion, I think Kansas kind of okay. plays down to their competition. I also feel like they're they're wild. They can be wildly inconsistent, which I think leaves the door open for a team like Providence. To, I, if it's close, if it's close – 
it can go either way. I'd like to see Providence come out of that just for the heck of it. I mean, yeah, I, I could I could see that game going Providence's direction. Uh, there's no question about it. When I look at this region, um, I feel very similar. I think it's embarrassing that Iowa can't be. be it's mess. embarrassing. Uh, I think it's embarrassing that Wisconsin cannot take care of business against Iowa State. I think that's I think that's bad. I think, you know, I understand that a lot of people thought an trendy pick would be Miami over Auburn, but Miami should not be beating Auburn by 18 points. And Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith should not be combining for three of 24. Three of 24. It's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, that's that's horrible, Bryce. That's horrible. Those are two All-Americans combining for three of 24. I mean, you, you have got to look at yourself in the mirror after that game if you're Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler against the Miami team that is not known for their size. They're not known for beating you. And, and to be honest, I think it is a very damning game of Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith shot eight of his 16 shots from the three-point line. Why? Miami didn't have any size. Why are you not taking advantage of that? They play four guards and a big. They play four guards and a big. And you fought, and you found out with four pounds. This was a horrible Jabari Smith game. Horrible last impression for NBA scouts. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. And from the Johnny Davis perspective, where are you? Where yeah, are you when the game's on the line? Four of 16 and zero of seven from three? Where are you when the game's on the line? And I understand, and I think it's important to bring up that Checky Hepburn, a really good point guard for Wisconsin, did not and, and could not play for much of the. I don't think he makes that much but of a he, difference. But, but you know, he he might have he might have helped a little bit here. But I mean, it, it's it's not it, it, to me. You should have been able to come through. You should have been able to come through. You should have been able to win the game. Uh, Brad Davidson, you went for twelve points and three of seven. Get get out of my face! You please. have to please you, go away. He, well, he should have shot double digit attempts. Because because the badges the badges don't have enough scoring. They don't get have out enough scoring. Face. Get out of my well, face! Get out of my face! Your flopping face! Get out of here! And and Johnny Davis should be embarrassed. I think Johnny Davis should have had a better tournament. Johnny Davis should have been able to beat Iowa State. I'm not trying to take away from what they've done, but I just don't think that team was very good. Coach um, T.J. Eisenberg has been awesome, dude. Co- okay, but the coaching's fine. But if you look at the players' performances, it's horrible. I mean, Cal Shore played very well. Brockington didn't play very well against Wisconsin. Four fifteen shooting. Yeah, I still Tyrese feel like they, I feel one like of ten shooting. Win. I think they're going to win. I think they they're going to beat Miami. They might. I mean, I, I, that, I like that'll Iowa be a fun State. game. Uh, Kansas, I agree with you. Uh, but I think O'Shea hasn't turned it on yet. I think once O'Shea turns it on, this team gets to another gear. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that Providence, I agree with you. You and I have loved Providence. I don't need to say much more about Providence. Um, I will I I unfortunately have a very tough time picking against Kansas. Um, I think Bill Self is gonna find a way to win. He knows Chicago, he knows the area. I think he's gonna figure out the W. Um, and you know, honestly, I'm agreeing with you on Iowa State. I at one point was not, uh, but now I am. Uh, because I think they got the I, I would rather have their personnel than Miami's personnel. They're built very similarly with three really good guards. Um, it's really about who you trust. Do, yeah. do you like Cal Shore, Brockington or Hunter? Or would you rather have Charlie Moore, Isaiah Wong and Kevin McGusty? I mean, you can't go wrong. Uh, but like stylistically, stylistically, you got to pick. That's all it is. You just got to pick. And I, I agree with you. I think Iowa State might win. I think Goldsberger might put up a good game plan. Uh, so we'll see. I, I like I like Iowa State. I like Kansas. Rematch of the Big 12. 
Uh, Bill Self should be getting to a Final Four this year, in my opinion. Absolutely, should be. So we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Next up, uh, the we'll, we'll get into uh, the. So we went into the Midwest. We'll get into the South now. Um, the South, uh, which has Arizona, Houston, Michigan, and Villanova. Uh, before we get into Sweet 16, any uh, thoughts really on just kind of how this first weekend played out uh, in the South region, Bryce? Uh, the most predictable upset ever, Michigan over Colorado State. It's a joke, Michigan's even here. I don't want to hear all the Michigan fans say we're just built for the tournament. We're not really built for regular season. Please miss me with that. Your coach shouldn't even be coaching. In fact, your coach shouldn't even have a job. When you want to punch or you want to slap other coaches in the face, uh, you shouldn't even be coaching. It's an absolute joke. Um, and, and then we, we want to praise uh, Mr. Howard for consoling a Tennessee player after beating his team. Now, miss me on all that, on the op- optics stuff. Please miss me. This has anything to do with race or anything like that. It, it, if this was a Coach K or a Coach Izzo, I'd say the exact same thing. <laughs> this is an absolute joke. So I don't want to hear it. Um, on more positive I had a note, feeling this was coming. I just didn't. I didn't want to poke at it before this. On, on, on a positive note, I am really impressed with the way TCU, this TCU team played. Um, absolutely yeah. dominating yeah. Seton Hall. Um, very, very close to beating Arizona. And Caleb, I know you would have. I know you would have wept some tears if TCU would have beat Arizona. Oh, you would have wept in your bed. You would have wept yourself. <laughs> Like an absolute clown. Okay. I was hoping TCU was going to win this game. I like Jamie Dixon as a coach. Uh, I just like that team overall. Hey, man, big fella, big fella, uh, what, what's his name for TCU? Uh, Eddie Lampkin, man. Ed, or Lampkin, Eddie Lampkin. Eddie Lampkin. That is my new favorite player, bro. He is so thick, and he was just balling out. He was just balling out at Arizona, man. He was, he was taking care of business underneath, man. And, and, and Caleb, I, I watched, I, I cannot get this out of my head. Okay. This is this is a underlying tone of this entire tournament, not just this game, but this culminated in this. Uh, yeah, yeah. The officiating in these games is absolutely atrocious. It's so bad. And Caleb Lynn, if you tell me anything other than Mike Meyer, Mike Miles was not fouled at the end of the game. I don't want to hear it from you. That man was pushed <laughs> over the half court line. I don't want to hear it. That is two shots and that is a dub for TCU. It is an absolute joke. The NCAA are a bunch of clowns that they just pick their teams that they want. It is an absolute joke. Oh god. It is a joke. I you know it's a foul. I t- <laughs> That's a foul. That was a foul and you know it. I texted you. I said the committee got exactly what they wanted. That is a foul. I don't know in what world that's not a foul. And there's no one else to watch. There's literally nothing else to watch on the court except those two Arizona defenders and Mike Miles. I don't, I don't, I just, whatever, whatever. You know what? Whatever. Arizona is probably going to make five, four, whatever. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, obviously the, the, the refs throughout the tournament were horrible. They suck. Um, they suck. Well, and, and another game you didn't mention in the region. Second round game was Illinois against Illinois against Houston, which. Wildly inconsistent. RJ Melendez. I mean, he doesn't make, makes an incredible play. Oh. Has to try to, you know, has to get to the rim, has to. 
has to do that because he's literally going 100 miles per hour to try to get to, you know attack the rim um and you know you can tell obviously he's not showboating he's just trying to do it to make sure he's okay um the refs calling that was embarrassing uh, it was it was so embarrassing uh I, I thought ohio state came out i i i really like how they played against loyola chicago uh i actually had fun watching that game despite many people because i like the defense and the physicality that that game brought yeah uh, chattanooga illinois uh was a fun one that was a fun one that went all the way down to the last minute uh you know and houston has been stunning me with their play uh they, yeah, surprise team it, they, they've been a very, you know, and it's been a decent program for a while. Uh, granted, Kelvin Sampson ruined my childhood, uh, but yes. but I, I I do believe that, uh, you know, he's built something nice over there. And then Villanova, uh, Villanova's obviously doing Villanova things, and Arizona's doing Arizona things. But uh, I want to get into this Sweet Sixteen matchup because I have my lock of the week, and my lock of the week is that Villanova is wiping the floor with Michigan this week. They're wiping the floor. They're wiping the floor. Like, I mean, they're just going to sit there, just go wipe that thing off like a piece of dust. I mean, they're just going to sit there and they're just going to plow right through the Wolverines this week. It's my lock of the week. I love what Jay Wright's doing. That's a horrible matchup for Michigan. Horrible. You think Frankie Collins is guarding Colin Gillespie in the NCAA tournament? I mean, come yeah. on, Bryce. You think you think you think you think Michigan's gonna have an answer for Justin Moore on the low block? You think you think they have an answer for Jermaine Samuels on the Dickinson. low block? It's Dickinson. <laughs> it's bad. And and Dixon Dixon can guard Dickinson. Dick, Dick, yeah. Dixon's huge. Dixon can guard yeah. Dickinson. I, I think Villanova's got this game pretty easily. I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but when you think of these two games, I mean I just think Villanova's got that game on lock, so we'll start there. Yeah, I, yeah. Give me, give me Villanova lock. Um, I think Arizona wins by a large margin as well. I think Houston is wow. going to run out of gas. Houston is not deep, like at all, because of the wow. injuries that they've had. Arizona is fairly deep. Um, my only concern with with, with Nova and Michigan is Villanova is not super deep either, but they just have a lot of guys that can play. Michigan is like decently deep. Um, you know, that might give them problems, but Ohio State was deep too, and they won. So, um, you know, I, no, give me Villanova, give me Arizona in a one two matchup. I think that'll be a good Elite Eight matchup there. They are not getting 20 plus points from Eli Brooks again. No, they got 23 no. points from him against Tennessee. They're not getting that again. No. Um, I don't think – I think Villanova is ready to go. Um, honestly, Bryce, the player I'm looking forward to watch this weekend um, is Slater, man. Slater didn't have a, a great mm-hmm. statistic, uh, statistical type of weekend. You could tell his impact was there, but it was just not from a st- – you know, he wasn't scoring like 10 points, 12 points. It was just like he was just working his butt off, playing good defense, finishing his role. I think he has a chance to really kill it against against Michigan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do. I like Villanova in that game. I really think Arizona and Houston is coming down to the wire. Uh, but, I, but I am going to take Arizona. And I'm going to take Arizona because I think Christian Coloco is going to eat their breakfast. He is going to eat their yeah. He's going to sit there like I eat late night Taco Bell and destroy the Houston Cougars inside. Destroy it. Absolutely destroy it. They're not going to have a chance size-wise. Josh Carlton played well against Kofi. 
But I agree with you, Bryce. I just think that Arizona's depth and the fact that, honestly, they won in the way that they did against TCU might help them in the long run. Make sure that they're taking advantage of every possession that they have. But I will say this about Arizona. Kirk Creasa, you're hurt. So stop shooting the damn basketball, please. You were shooting three to four corner threes, which you were wide open. You didn't need to even shoot them. You're hurt. You're hurt. You're, so you, you, you just, just pass the ball, man. Just, just like, just, just set your teammates up. You have Dalen Terry. You have Benedict Mathurin. You have Tubelis. You have Coloco. You have Ballo. You have Keir. You do not need to be scoring. Quit shooting the ball, Kerr. If you're healthy, <laughs> maybe. But please stop shooting the ball. You, you almost blew the game. He almost blew the game because Kirk just decided I'm going to take threes from the left corner. He should have. He should have. Mark Miles got fouled. Seriously. Give me Arizona, though. I think Arizona's got a chance. I'm taking the Arizona Wildcats here, though. I like what Nova's doing. I do. Uh, but I think, as weird as it sounds, it seems like everybody's picking Villanova to get to the Final Four from this region now as everybody's updating it. I, I just gotta it. think the Wildcats. I just think the Wildcats are kind of being sucked on because of how they had to beat TCU. That might help them in the long run. It might. It might. Um, anything else, Bryce, from these games before we get into our next segment? No, man. I mean, again, some crazy things can happen. Our predictions are it could go way out the window. Uh, but right. uh, I, I'm excited, man. Tomorrow, I, I am too. Tomorrow evening, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great time. It will. You will. And and let's let's get into the next segment that we have. You know, we, we've been doing a lot on players. We've been talking a lot about, OK, how can players impact this in this matchup? Who should you watch for and who shouldn't you watch for? But we want to take it in another direction and we want to look at who are the 10 coaches that stick out for us that are left in the Sweet 16. We wanted to do this challenge and when you look at all 16 this is actually very difficult because you're going to leave out some coaches that you don't want to leave out um it's not easy Bryce. it's not it is easy not. It is we are not going easy. to try we are going to try to do this yes we are so without further ado let's go 10 through 7 Bryce, okay. who is number 10 <laughs> Number 10 for me. Yes. Ed Cooley, Providence. Wow. He okay. made my top 10. I Ed like him. He's, Providence. He's, he's, a, he's a veteran. He deserves this. If any, if any coach like in this in this entire Sweet 16 deserves this, it's Ed Cooley. Okay, the guy's okay. been through heck, right? He stayed faithful to Providence. Guys, we're talking about Providence. Providence. Okay? <laughs> the guy was trying He's been there for years. Okay, I am so happy. And they're having a heck of a time doing it. I, I love the energy that he brings. I love everything about him. Uh, yeah, give me Ed Cooley at 10. Okay, I don't hate that. Okay. Um, I, for number 10, for me, um, given the way that they have performed this year and my expectations of them, I think I'm going to take... Shaheen Holloway at number 10. 
I'm taking Holloway. No, no, you can't do that. You're not allowed to do Holloway. that because yes, you've been a hater. You've been a hater. No, 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 I'm not. Because I, I while I while I'm not as crazy on the Cinderella's as most of America, I have to admit when no. there's good coaching. Um, I have to admit when there's good coaching. Okay. Unlike you with Jay Wright. I have to admit there's good okay. coaching. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's what we're I have to now. admit there's good okay. coaching. Shaheem Holloway. Shaheem Holloway. Now, granted, I don't really like the fact that it seems like he's got a private jet to see Hall after they lose. I don't like that. But other than other than that, I think this guy has been a really, really good coach. Um, I feel like he has taken this team from a schematic standpoint. I'm obviously I'm not crazy about the talent they have, but from a coaching standpoint, Bryce, I mean their game plan is terrific. It's terrific. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can sit here and say they're not very talented. They might even agree. But the difference is their coaching and the schemes in which they're playing against these teams is what's it's what's winning them. And, I, and to me, that's where I got to go Holloway. I, that's why Holloway's a top 10 coach from the teams and where they are currently. Jim Holloway is top 10 coach right now for me. Who's okay. nine for you? Number nine for me, Kelvin Sampson. Um, I have him lower because of his, his history. Um, but, well, I mean, what he's been able to do with, with a crippled lineup, um, I, th- I think is outstanding. And he's been consistent as heck at Houston. Um, even last year, I think what they make, did they make the elite eight last year? Or is it just sweet 16? Um, I do not sweet remember. 16, they, sweet 16. Sweet 16. Yeah, so, I mean, they've, they've done extremely well. Um, I think the road ends for them this weekend, but I mean, consistent as heck, man, he gets his guy, he gets the best out of his guys. He gets his guys to play and he's stayed out of the limelight. He hasn't done anything to, to stir up the pot again. It's, he's just, you know what? I'm a basketball coach. I made some mistakes. I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to come to a lower key program and, you know, I'm going to win here. So I respect that. Um, he still doesn't have, you know, hundred percent respect out of me just because of what he did to that IU program. But uh, no, I, I think it's a start. He's, he's done a really nice job there. So he gets nine for me. I, I don't hate that at all. I think he's top 10. Um, I just have Ed Cooley at nine. That's all it is. I got Ed Cooley at nine. I think Cooley, Girl, Cooley you know, he, he's, he's a very good coach, always has been, um, you know, and, and now he's he's been able to get this team on deep run. And who knows, they might have a chance to go even farther. Um, you know, they recruit very well. Um, they, they, they really do a tremendous job of developing their players going from their freshman to senior year. Examples of that include A.J. Reeves and Nate Watson, who are two of my favorite players to watch in the tournament. Uh, I think that, you know, this is a, a, a very good job by Cooley uh, to get these guys ready to go. I, I, I really like this Providence team. Uh, Bryce, who is eight for you? Uh, my number eight is Mark Adams out of Texas Tech. Um, I don't hate that. So he's a little bit lower on this list for me because I feel like he, he is picking back, piggybacking off off of Chris Beard's culture that he had already instilled. Now, um, he's okay. a good ball coach. Yeah. Um, and I give him a little bit of credit for building through the transfer portal. I think Texas Tech was kind of a hot a hot uh, spot anyway. So I think that played into into Adam's favor. But I mean, what he's been able to do, I mean, he, he captured a number three seed in the tournament. Um, it's a grit and grind ty- type of team. Uh, we saw that against Notre Dame. And, and they, they'll give anyone fits. I mean, this kind of does remind me of – the year that Texas Tech made the Final Four in the championship game. Uh, so, 
I got to give credit where credit's due. So Mark Adams, man. Hey, props to you, brother. Mike Adams, Adams is certainly a guy that you have to consider because when you're looking at, okay, you know, where, where does it, you know, how, how do I look at, you know, how Beard is done compared to what Adams is Adams has brought in guys himself as well. Mm-hmm. I agree with yeah. you that I think from a culture standpoint, um, there's certainly some things that, you know, maybe that you wouldn't want going your way um, in terms of how Chris left and, and, and how late it was in the game. Um, but I, I will say, I feel like that job that he has done is certainly deserving of praise um, is certainly, uh, I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, for me, I think when I'm looking at number eight, um, I'm looking at Matt Painter from Purdue. Eight. I'm looking at Matt Painter eight for Purdue. Eight. Eight. Why eight? I'm lower on Painter because I just think he needs to get to the big dance. I just think he needs to get to the wow, big dance. Eight? You make you make you make a push. You make a push for the big dance. I might I might join you. But right now. To me, they've just been a really good team. And I just, there's a lot of coaches right now. I like the direction that they're going in. Um, I will take Painter at eight. Eight. That's correct. Okay. All right. So, okay. So I'll go seven here. I'm going to go with Eric Musselman. Uh, I think him taking, uh, turning around the Arkansas program, just injecting some life and energy into it uh, is really good to see. And you know he he grinded out games to get where where he is um, to to play, have an opportunity to play Gonzaga. Um, he's bred some some future stars. Um, think about last year, you know, guys like Moses Moody. Yeah. Uh, this year, JD Note, who's who's got a chance in the league. Um, I think he's done a really nice job. So I, it, the only thing going against Musk here is. There are so many other talented coaches on my list. I'm sorry, man. But, but seven, <laughs> seven is seven's good, brother. Seven's good. Seven is very good. Seven is very good, and I agree with you. Um, I think that's where I lean with Musselman. I have him right there too. You have him at seven. I have him at seven. I have him at seven because I think when you look at what Musselman has done. Um, I think he has absolutely built a program that is here to stay. I think he has completely built that thing top to bottom. He knows the modern athlete. I think right now, better than any head coach in college basketball, he can recruit transfers. He can recruit five stars. He gets the roster he wants better than any coach in college basketball. Um, I I like that uh, for him. Uh, I think he's a great coach and he has a chance to move up for sure. Uh, yeah. I think if he honestly, honestly, Bryce, if he if he makes the if he finds a way to beat Gonzaga, he's moving up. Yeah. Moving up on my list, he'd move up my 100%. list next week if he beats Gonzaga. Hundred percent. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got for six? Number six, I have Mick Cronin. Uh, Mick Cronin's always been a solid, solid college coach, even when he was at Cincinnati. Um, really took over a UCLA program that was. I wouldn't say left in disarray, but it wasn't in a great place uh, when he took it over. And that Final Four run really catapulted the UCLA program back into relevance, in my opinion. Um, and it, you know what? what? What they've been able – it was a popular pick. 
uh, for UCLA to lose in, in one of the first two rounds. Uh, well, you know what? They're right here, and they have a they have a really nice draw against UNC. I, I thought they could have gave Baylor a run for their money anyway. I'm not saying they would have won, but certainly could have made a play for it. So, and, and I think they have an opportunity to to have a chance to go to the Final Four again. Uh, I still like Purdue, but I, that's not a done deal either. Um, Mick Cronin's a heck of a coach. He puts together, he gets the most out of his guys. I think um, he's a really tough, hard nosed coach. Um, so I got Mick Cronin at six. I got Kelvin Sampson at six. I got Kelvin right. Sampson at six. Um, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I'm not saying I support the, the cheating. I'm not saying I, I do anything like that, but in terms of bill, I mean, he, he has shown what he can do as they used to coach. His building has been tremendous. He has, he has built this team um, in a tremendous way. You lose two of your top scorers and they don't miss a frequent beat. Um, I have to give respect to that. Um, I think he's a really, really good coach and they will have Houston in the thick of March for a really, really long time. And for that alone, I have to give Samson uh, that high of a, a nod. I certainly don't hate the fact that you have him a little lower though. Uh, who's five for you? Five for me is uh, Mr. Bill Self. Bill Self at five for me. Um, yeah, the thing about the thing about Bill Self and why I have him at five. Uh, one, we we all know his ability to recruit it is out of this world. Um, my only my only thing, Caleb, and this is the thing, man, is is March has not always been kind to him. He does have a national championship, but. It, for some reason, he always gets these top-seeded teams, and they just absolutely blow it. They absolutely crap the bed, and that's what I'm afraid of. You know, they've gotten this far. They played a shorthanded Creighton team and almost lost to them already. Yeah. Uh, that's why I feel yeah. like Providence might be able to, to steal this game if, if all goes well. I, I, but you just never know with Kansas. So that's my only knock on Bill Self. That's why I have him at five instead of higher. Um, but it, he does know how to coach. He knows how to win games. He knows how to coach. Hundred percent. Um, man. Okay. Um, Are you switching your stuff around? No, I'm not. I'm making sure I'm typing this right because here's my thing. Here's my thing. When I look at Bill Self, I think you can make the argument he is the best coach in college basketball. He adjusts to his teams then very well. Titles. He has a chance. He, he, he has an opportunity here, Bryce. I think if he gets to the final four, you know, he's putting himself in a position where, you know, that team's talented enough to win a national championship. He can recruit at a high level. He can get transfers at a high level. His success in conference is second to none. He's dominated the big 12 conference longer than you and I have been alive. Kansas has been ridiculous. I have to give Bill self credit. He will be higher up on my list than at that position. Um, I have, I have McCronin at five. I like it. I, I, I think Cronin is, is developing something. And for all of you, you, you people who think I hate UCLA, please screw off. I have Nick Cronin as a top five head coach from the teams that are in the tournament. So please screw off. I have Mick Cronin. Mick Cronin has developed. He took Murray State. He made Murray State good. He, Cincinnati comes out. He kills it at Cincinnati. Develops the crap out of Cincinnati. Develops in a nice tournament team. And then now he's at UCLA. 
which is the total opposite of Cincinnati and is finding a way to build the build a culture in California that is sustaining in the NCAA tournament. And for that alone, I'm respecting that because I think they have long-term success coming their way. I will take Nick Cronin at five. Who do you have at number four, Bryce? Well, number four for me is, is none other than Mark Few from Gonzaga. So I have him at four here again. Um, okay. Okay. He, uh, he has taken a small little school um, in Gonzaga, and he's built a college basketball juggernaut out of them. Uh, not, in, not in the terms of winning titles, but in a consistent tournament team, consistent NBA players. Yes. Um, you think of DeMontis Sabonis, uh, the biggest one uh, that comes to my mind, to my mind right now. Yes. Um, he's just done a really nice job of, of recruiting, uh, play through the transfer portal before playing through the transfer portal was cool. Um so yeah, Mark Few at number four. I think he definitely moves up if he wins a title this year. I have Few at number four. I have Few cemented at number four because I do not think that the, that he is better than the three guys that I have at number three, number two, and number one. I do not think he is on that trajectory, but I think Mark Few is on the on the outside looking in, on the outside looking in. So I have him at number four. Uh, who is number three for you? Number three is Jay Wright for me. Um, I got Jay Wright at, at, at three. His body of work speaks for himself. Um, I thought he was put in the Hall of Fame a little too early, but hey, that's not why we're here to debate. Um, but he does have two national titles. He's produced uh, some some good uh, NBA talent. Um, and here we are again, potentially talking about Villanova maybe making another Final Four. Jay Wright is a really, really good head coach. Jay Wright is an outstanding head coach that you and I have disagreed with over the years. I have Jay Wright high up on my list. I will give number three and number two now. I have Bill Self at number three. I have Jay Wright at number two. I think that Bill Self and Jay Wright both find ways to recruit and build a culture that sustains itself in March Madness and while I agree with you, Bryce, they have the tendency, especially, you know, self has had the tendency to lose early. He always finds himself in the dance. He's always top four to five seed. He's never in the tournament in any later seed than that. Self is always putting together good teams. Jay Wright has been producing great teams. They've obviously won two national championships as of recent. I have to consider that. So for me, I have self and Wright number three and number two. Who is yeah. next for you? Well, number two for me is Matt Painter. And, and you here's have why. to here's, be kidding here's, here's why. Here's why. Here's oh why. My hear God. me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Um, I've been really impressed with Matt Painter uh, for his lineup changes over the years. I really do. I really do appreciate that. I think it's wise. You know, I, I think he, uh, I don't know. Something bad I like. Here's what. Here's what's really intriguing to me. Over right itself? Here's what's intriguing to me. Can you name me a consistent or a, a consistent Purdue player that's been produced in the NBA by Matt Painter? Caleb Swanigan. No. <laughs> no. I think the only one that you could potentially name would be Etwan Ward, and that's not great either, right? So here's my thing: is is that is that Matt Painter 
has been able to make such success with with not really NBA talents, right? He finally gets his first at real NBA talent, right? Not just a talent, a lottery pick. He's going to be, Jaden Ivey's going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And now we're talking Purdue like, like a legitimate, like, oh, maybe they're a Final Four. No, like a legitimate Final Four team. Yeah. And it, this is the first time he's ever had that in all his years at Purdue. And the success that he's been able to have without that, I think, I think is impressive. That's why I have mentioned. I, I think it is ridiculous That's that fine. you are taking Painter over my a six-time Big East Coach of the Year, two-time Naismith Coach of the Year, two-time national champion, and then Bill Self with six-time Big 12 Coach of the Year. My list. With championship pedigree. You you're a joke. That's a joke. This is this is my list. Oh my god. It's my list. All right. And then number one, I guess you and I agree. Yeah, we do agree. I think you and I agree. I have Coach K at number one. Yes. Yes. Coach hey, K, yes. It's not close. Coach K to me is number one. You look at the sustained success and the fact that he built up Duke into what it is as one of the best programs in the history of college basketball. And his 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 stats are just ridiculous. I understand that a lot of people are kind of fed up with him. I mean, I get it, but the dude is one at He's won 13 regular season titles, 15 tournament titles, five national championships, been in the tournament 36 years. He has won and been in 12 final fours. He has a chance to get to 13. I think Coach K, just you look at the stacked resume that he brings to the table, um, it's second to none. It's second to none. Um, the guys that I do not have on this list, I do not have Jim Laranaga. I do not have TJ Oberholzer. I did not have Mark Adams. Uh, I did not have Tommy Lloyd. I think Tommy Lloyd will be on this list next year. I think Tommy Lloyd is on this next. I just want to, I just think, I, I just want him to see, continue that deep run. That's all it is. I just think Tommy Lloyd is is easy. He is definitely needing to be in the conversation. I didn't like that I left him out, but I, I feel like when you're evaluating it right now from a prove it standpoint, the guys that I just mentioned are just you know I've just done it more. You know Holloway has proven more to me in the tournament than Tommy Lloyd has. Now I understand Tommy Lloyd faced you know had a better regular season, uh, but to be honest with you. Adams didn't come to my mind because of what you said. Adams didn't come to my mind because I want to see him do it next year. Yeah. I, that's the only reason that Adams, that's the only reason Adams didn't come to my mind. Um, is I just thought to myself, man, you know, I, I want to see him do this more. But from a from a standpoint of I mean, but when you look at the like, we're probably not gonna have a lot of games next week, Bryce, when we record our pod and say. Mm-hmm. Bad coaching is what lost a team a game. Mm-hmm. If we do, I'd be stunned. There's only a couple teams that I think have really not great coach. Um, but other than that, I don't think coaching is what will lose that. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but I don't believe that. I think, you know, there are some coaching advantages that some of these teams have, but it's not like overwhelming, right? It's not. You can see the other coach find their way to win that game. Is my point. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, so for me, I, I think we're going to get a great matchup of coaches. 
we're going to have, I mean, for all of you guys out there who like college basketball and who all like finding NBA talent, I mean, Bryce, there is so much NBA talent left on these college teams. There's so much. Oh, absolutely. You have, I mean, you look at these games. I mean, you look at what Gonzaga can bring with Chet. All, you could argue all of Duke's starters could be drafted in the first round. All. You look at a team like a UCLA with the Juzang, a Jaden Ivey, a Benedict, a Christian Coloco. Um, you look at what Michigan brings to the table with the Abate, Villanova, O'Shea. Um, there's plenty of there's plenty of high level talent that's still around. Uh, and then also for the college junkies out there that, that just love the college game itself, there's plenty of teams for you as well. So, you know, the games start up tonight. Uh, Bryce and I will talk about how we feel about these games next week. Um, it's, it's a privilege to, uh, to be doing, doing this again with you, Bryce. Yes, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back a little under the weather last week. So I appreciate uh, Devin Boss stepping in for me. Yeah, Devin Voss was great. And and you, sure know, was. you can you can, you know, if you want to sit there and, and listen to and put our takes on freezing cold takes, you might, but I got some picks in there that are golden gems that I'm not revealing. You just have to reveal it. You just have to, you know, have to listen to it yourself at your own time. So once again, thank you listeners for enjoying this episode of Saturday.